How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 93 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and today we're going to be catching you guys up on Monday's action. We're getting you guys ready for Tuesday's action, and also there's a bunch of news coming out from Miami, so we're going to talk about all that in the second half. Uh, so this half, uh, this segment, the first segment, as we're going to call it in uh, production terms, <laughs> I'm so fancy, uh, we're going to talk about the A's game, and then the second half we'll talk about Rob Manfred's reaction on uh, MLB Network and all that stuff, and just uh, interject my own thoughts into what he was saying and uh, where he was lying which is most of it. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. So if uh, you don't like Rob Manfred, stay tuned. It's going to be great. But before I start talking about A's baseball, please follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, baseball, A's, anything, uh, please send them to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So today, well, Monday's game. Let's talk about Monday's game. Um, I know that yesterday... I said that uh, we got to keep our eye on Matt Chapman because he was hitting 083, and that was not great. And, you know, a small sample and everything, but he'd made a couple of defensive miscues. One of them counted as a non-play because he lost the ball in the sun. The other one was an error that led to a run. Um, he seemed okay today. He went three for four. He raised his batting average, which we, we're not big proponents on batting average, especially this early in the season. It shot up by 170 points, so he's hitting... A, you know, a, a cool 250 now, so that's nice. He went three for four with an RBI, and, uh, you know, he's doing fine. He was doing Matt Chapman things. He, uh, there was a ball hit to him at third, and he threw to home and, you know, got got the runner at home, which was great. Of course, the runner was Justin Upton and not, you know, somebody super speedy, so that probably helped a little bit, but he would have nabbed anybody. He would have gotten, is D. Gordon still fast? He would have gotten D. Gordon at the plate. He... <laughs> Actually, that reminds me. Um, I do love the D. Gordon versus Matt Chapman bunt-offs when Matt Chapman would be playing like basically shortstop and he'd still throw D. Gordon out, which was a lot of fun. Um, so Matt Chapman's wonderful and he's back. And watch out, uh, everybody in baseball, or well, at least West Coast teams, um, or people that are in the West divisions, because uh, Matt Chapman, he's coming for you and we're here for it. Um, the, the other standout performer... Gotta be probably Chris Bassett. I feel bad. Yesterday, I said, hey, he's probably going to do like five, six innings. Maybe he'll have a couple of runs, but you know he's going to be solid. He went four innings, so a little bit less. He ran into the same pitch count issues that Frankie Montas did on Friday, where he had a big first inning, threw a lot of pitches. But, uh, you know, otherwise he was solid, just like Frankie Montas. Only he was slightly better in those four innings. He allowed five hits, which, you know, whatever. Uh, he allowed one walk, and he struck out five. And he threw 66 pitches. And, uh, you know, that that's a solid uh, little stat line for this weird, funky season where the A starters are not going very deep. That would, That's a one inning away from a complete game. Uh, well, not necessarily a one-hitter, but like uh, the Garrett Cole performance that everybody was fawning over. Uh, Chris Bassett, he almost had that. They didn't have to pay him nearly as much as Garrett Cole. So uh, good on the A's, I guess, for suppressing salaries. <laughs> um, the the one big thing from Chris Bassett, I know it's only four four innings, and the Angels' offense is missing Anthony Rendon, and they're not really clicking on all cylinders except for David Fletcher, who's you know a beast at the plate apparently. Uh, Chris Bassett did only allow one hard hit ball, and that is pretty good, I would say. One way to allow the opposition or not allow the opposition to score any runs is uh, you know avoiding hard contact, and Chris Bassett did that yesterday, and so uh, good on him and. 
he's going to be a solid fifth starter if uh, they don't find anybody else. If it's, you know, Luzardo instead of Mangdon, the rotation can work, I think. With Chris Bassett being, you know, effective, not like elite, but effective as, you know, whatever he is uh, in the rotation. And then you got Montas, who has shown out pretty well over uh, the last season or so, you know, roughly like 100 innings. But, you know, the last couple of years that we've gotten to see him pitch. And then uh, you got Luzardo. That's a pretty solid top three. They're going to be unspectacular, except for Luzardo, who's going to be spectacular. But uh, th- those are three solid guys. And then you got Manaya, who, if he figures some stuff out, he could also be really solid. And then uh, Mike Fires is Mike Fires. So uh, also, I saw that he has a TikTok, and that's amazing. So uh, l- look him up, because he was doing all the TikTok dances before TikTok turned into a social justice app somehow. So uh, yeah, that, that we'll talk about TikTok one of these days. Maybe when baseball gets shut down. We'll get into that in the second part. So Chris Bassett was fantastic. Um, Loriano had a nice little play in the outfield. It wasn't like a spectacular play, but you know, he, he kind of, he didn't dive for it. He kind of slid for it. He made it look cool. And I appreciated that because I miss baseball. And the last bit of good news, I, I maybe I, you guys know the score, right? It was three, nothing. Okay. So three, nothing days when they're three and one. I guess we should probably throw that out there at some point. Uh, I'm not used to talking about actual baseball games. So, you know, things like the score escape me sometimes. I've been talking about, you know, what's going on in the world for the last, what month is it? Seven months. So this is new. There's There was a score to report. I missed that. I've got my intro and my outro down. It's, uh, you know, things like the score. I need to get better at that. So uh, I will get more practice, hopefully a lot more practice. But uh, yeah. So anyways, Burt Smith, that's the guy that I was going to talk about. He pitched another couple of innings. He gave up a hit. He struck out a guy. And he has two wins on the season. And uh, if you guys remember when I was talking to um, Taylor Blake Ward in our prop bet, our first prop bet episode on his feed, uh, he was like, hey, will anybody hit 10 wins in Major League Baseball this year. And everybody's like, I don't know. You know, Jacob DeGrom's pretty good. And I was like, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be a reliever. Because, you know, somebody like uh, Yusmer Mario Petit, who comes in for a couple innings. I missed the pitcher, but I got reliever and A's reliever. So right now I'm feeling pretty good. You know, four games into the season, Burt Smith might hit 10 wins. And uh, you heard it here first. I called that. So uh, mark this down at, you know, roughly 650 in the audio recording on the episode that dropped on Tuesday, July 28th. Jason Burke's a fucking genius. Does he remember to report the scores? No, he doesn't. Does he sometimes know what he ta- what he's talking about? Kind of. So, you know, that's why you tune into the Locked On A's. You got uh, all these great things going on. Um, so from these happy notes, let's go to uh, a little more, something that we got to keep an eye on, and that's Chris Davis. Um I know that the reports coming out of camp were that, you know, his bat's back and everything's great. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I will literally believe anything that I read when it concerns baseball. For other things, uh, I do some fact checking. But for baseball, I'm like, hey, I am on board. And uh, so far, Chris Davis is over 11 with five strikeouts, two walks and a run scored. So that's not a great line. Although, I mean, with a couple more walks, well, uh, if he had six walks instead of two, He'd have like a 360 on base percentage. So he's not far away from being fine. A um, couple of hits would do it. You know, uh, he, he he needs a Matt Chapman day is all it is. Um, but the thing that does concern me is pitchers have been attacking him low and away with, you know, soft stuff. They're not throwing him as many fastballs. 
He just missed a hot, like a hanging slider or a curveball, and he drove it to the warning track. So you know, he's, I think that he's, his mechanics are still a little bit off, maybe. Um, but my only worry with Chris Davis is that last year we saw that he got in his head a little bit, and he admitted that he got in his head a little bit because his mechanics were off and he was trying to do things. And uh, my only worry is he is a bit of a heady player, and if he does get off to a slow start, then. Will I get in his head? That's what I'm concerned about. Not that he can't turn it around. It's that, you know, something like that, that he is a cerebral player and that uh, starting out over 11 or like over 15, if he goes over tomorrow night, that that will get in his head and he'll be trying to change things too much and uh, not sticking with the Chris Davis that he is. So again, got to keep an eye on him. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we got the Rockies coming to town and they got to, you know, they got their fifth starter coming out. So hopefully that means good things for Chris Davis tomorrow. Um, maybe they don't know to not throw him fastballs, but that, that'd be a plus. So maybe Chris Davis is going to hit five home runs tomorrow and everything will be fine. And, uh, we'll be joking about it on Wednesday, but, uh, maybe we'll be like, Hey, should he be playing? It's going to be one of those two things probably. So let us know which one you're rooting for. I guess now you're probably rooting for Chris Davis. Uh, let us know which one you think will happen. Uh, at Locked On A's on Twitter. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's where we're going to land for the first segment. In the second segment, I want to be eviscerating Rob Manfred. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But first, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. The second of these two duos is CBD Recover, which combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBD MD has to offer, they're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB, for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Okay, it is time to take Rob Manfred to the cleaners, I guess. I don't know. His suits seem a little funky. Um, <laughs> um, so my original idea was I saw the interview on MLB Network on Twitter. And so I was watching that. And I really wanted to just take the audio and jumble it up and make him say silly things. Because I thought that'd be really funny. So I reached out to uh, my boss and asked if I could do that, you know, legally and whatnot. And he said that we can't do that because it was an exclusive interview with MLB Network and the audio was copyrighted. So we don't get to have any fun whatsoever, um, which is completely fine. I just thought that it was a fun idea. And uh, when there's not an exclusive interview, we're going to mess with him. So uh, look forward to that. Um, what he did say in this interview, and I will link to the link if I can find it, if I can find a shareable link. Um, it shouldn't be that bad. It's probably on YouTube. So what he did say in this interview, uh, Rob Manfred, I, I just have a bunch of notes and it started off with that, uh, not the question, but just Rob Manfred's reaction to a question. And I thought that his response was bullshit. So we're starting off with uh, that stuff. So Rob Manfred said his concern is for the health 
of the players and their families and minimizing the spread of the virus among our employees. Um, he, he then followed that up with, our test rate has been 0.4%, and so we feel that the protocols are working really well. Um, one, I don't like that you just refer to people as your employees, because no, they're the ones that make the money for you. Um, sure, it's true, I guess, but but to me, that just makes it seem like you don't value them at all. Um when I was like 16, I worked at Papa Murphy's and I was promoted to manager because I'm a fantastic worker. Uh, and the the policy there seemed to be that if you were a manager, you wore a red shirt. And if you were just a regular employee, you wore a green shirt. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, I'm going to wear this red shirt with pride. And I was like, no, I want to wear the green shirt. I, one, I liked the green shirt more. And two, I don't like trying to act like I'm above other people. That's just not my thing. And uh, apparently other people don't do that. And that is uh, confounding to me. Um, I think that I had learned about like uh, Henry Ford or something like that. And that was something that uh, the, the, the first thing that I really latched onto with Ford was uh, before I found out all the terrible things was that he would pay his workers uh, enough to be able to afford the products that they were making. And I thought that was really cool. And uh, so th I think that's where my, my shirt policy came in for myself. Um, so basically just struck me as he doesn't value the people that are, you know, lining his pockets, the owner's pockets, all that stuff. And that he's not taking this thing seriously is just if you thought of them as partners and that they were making money and, you know, putting their own health on the line, he would not refer to them as the employees. I'm sorry. Um, so that was the first thing that stuck out to me in this interview. And that was like 30 seconds in. Uh, Verducci then asked him if the games that were scheduled to be in Miami against the Orioles could just be rescheduled and played in Baltimore. And Manfred said that uh, they're waiting to see what the test results say. Uh, while this is likely just you know, true, um, it does sound as though they haven't really discussed a backup plan, which is odd to me. Uh, and potentially they don't have one, which is even worse because uh, as we've seen, you know, with the initial testing and the delays with that and waiting for, you know, at the beginning of the month and then with uh, the Blue Jays literally finding out where they'd be playing their home games after the season started, uh, there hasn't been a lot of backup plans being made. And uh, that's concerning, especially because of a pandemic it, that's going around. So, uh, you know, in the season of COVID where unpredictability is king, uh, planning is the only thing that's going to be keeping baseball going. And this guy does not seem like he's planned for anything that's not directly in front of him that he has to like go make a public, a public address for. So my notes continue. Ducci, as I shortened it, because Verducci, much too long. That's an extra three letters. Um, Ducci goes, uh, was there discussion of the season being canceled or put on hiatus? And Manfred says, uh, no, there really wasn't. Great answer. You know, uh... <laughs> really hammering home that the concern for himself is the health and safety of the players and their families. Uh, you know, you got to stick with the hits, obviously. Uh, you know, not, not considering not making money is at the forefront. Uh, gr great answer. After he said they weren't considering it, he did say, uh, we talked about the situation. Most of the owners realized we built protocols anticipating that we'd have positive tests at some point during the season and that the protocols were built uh, in order to allow us to continue to play through those positives, which, you know, it's really important that the owners really make that sacrifice of putting their employees on the line uh, during a global pandemic because they they knew that there would have to be sacrifices on the player's end. So, uh, you know, they're the real heroes. Uh, he finished up that sentence with, uh, we believe that the protocols are adequate to keep our players safe. Um, no, they're not, because the players have been living with these protocols for nearly a month. 
And yet we just had, uh, depending on the report, 13 or 14 uh, Miami Marlins and staffers uh, that tested positive for COVID on Monday. So uh, I don't think they're adequate there, Rob. Um, Manfred's version of what happened with the Marlins, as Verducci asked him, he said that uh, there was testing on Friday and one positive test on Saturday when they got the results, testing uh, again on Saturday after that one positive result, and then three additional tests, uh, positive tests on Sunday. What, what then happened under the protocols was we did contact tracing on all four positives. There was a small number of players that met the CDC guidelines. They were quarantined. We ordered additional testing. We did symptom checks. We did temperature checks and decided to proceed with the game because those are the great protocols that we have where, um, obviously, they did the contact tracing. We're like, hey, everybody's going to be fine. And then literally 10 more people tested positive the next day. So, you know, great, great protocols there. Um, weird, right? Uh, my little note to myself was, uh, so you followed your own protocols played a baseball game with another team and then found out the next day, Monday, that uh, the team that had just had four positive tests had another 10 positive tests, maybe nine, I'll be generous, nine or 10. Um, and it would appear that the protocols are not adequate, Robert. Um, you can say that your number one concern is health and safety of your employees and their families, but you're sure not acting like you're not following through when there is a threat to the health and safety of these players. You're like, yeah, go ahead and keep playing. And then, you know, go uh, infect the other team too. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how the testing goes and see if we can have a fucking season from here on out. Uh, you know, great, great, great job there, Robert. Um, Ducci, he continues, uh, is there a critical mass that would cause you to shut down part of the schedule or all of the schedule? And Manfred, I'm just going to read what he said uh, verbatim. Uh, a team losing a number of players that rendered it non-competitive would be an issue that we'd have to address and think about making a change, whether that was shutting down a part of a season, the whole season, that depends on the circumstances. Same thing with respect to league-wide. You get to a certain point league-wide where it just becomes a health threat, and we would certainly shut down at that point. Um, has he been paying attention to the news? The Marlins lost a quarter of their roster. I don't, like, the 40-man roster. I don't know how many more they need to lose for it to be, you know, we can't compete. Will it take the Phillies having a few guys that test positive after, you know, uh, playing with the Marlins? Will, will that be the league-wide thing? Uh, what is the breaking point? We need more specifics than what you're giving us, Robert, because um, this is not doing it. I'm sorry. Anyway, there's another five minutes of this interview, uh, but I didn't want to just read a transcribed 10-minute interview because uh, that's just not good potting, obviously. Also, that's a term, uh, potting. It's a verb, and it means to podcast. Uh, I did uh, find that what he was saying uh, mostly just disingenuous and a little bit robotic. I know that he just kind of talks like a robot, but um, there's no empathy when he speaks, especially in the middle of a pandemic. And, uh, you know, when, when he's in charge of player safety and health and all that stuff, uh, you want somebody who cares, I think, uh, is a is a big thing. Um, so he just doesn't care about the players and that that have tested positive or that could test positive or any of that stuff and how that could affect them long term because he just keeps touting the low test rate in the same breath as he's saying that he's concerned about employees and their loved ones. And uh, that just... Uh, that doesn't sit right with me at all. So if we have baseball for another week, cool. If we have a full baseball season, uh, that, that'd be wild. <laughs> but we're going to be here. It's going to be fun. I'm going to try and keep it more light. But, you know, when things like this come up, we're definitely going to talk about it. I'll give my take on it because uh, I just want to be genuine with you guys. And uh, hopefully you guys appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, so that's going to be it for today, you guys. Um, oh, no, <laughs> I keep doing this. Uh, there's slightly more. 
on Tuesday, you got the Rockies coming to Oakland. They're going to be throwing out Antonio Senzatella. He went 11-11 and last year. He had a 671 ERA. Uh, so neither of those are great. I mean, the record, whatever. Um, but the ERA, not great. And he had like a 5-4 FIP, I think. So it wasn't, you know, much better. Um, he had a 5.49 K per nine rate. So he's not a big strikeout guy. He has a big walk guy because that was 4.11. So uh, when those two numbers are very close, that's not great. And that provides Chris Davis with some opportunities if he's in the lineup. So uh, that should be something to keep an eye on. The A's are throwing out Daniel Mengden, you know about him. Uh, he got rid of the Rockabye, and uh, I am interested in seeing that because I don't think I have yet. Um, th- the videos that you see on Twitter, they're too far away. I need a center field cam to show me uh, what Daniel Mangdon's all about. So that game is at 640 tonight, Tuesday. So, uh, you know, tune in to, you know, your regular broadcast stations and uh, let's watch some A's baseball. So hopefully we got a bunch of season left because uh, I'm having fun talking about baseball and implications of things that happen. So that's a good time. And I will crap on Rob, Rob Manfred whenever I damn well please. So... That's it for me for today, you guys. Uh, please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B. You can email us any questions that you may have to LockedOnFX at gmail.com. Please rate, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts and wherever you can rate podcasts. I know that that's limited. Um, yeah, so in the meantime, stay indoors, celebrate good times, Oakland, wear those masks, and I will talk with you guys tomorrow.